Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, May 26th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Big change is on the horizon for college sports, the near horizon. An athlete's ability to cash in on his or her name, image, and likeness is impending. The rollout is sloppy. When states started passing their own name, image, and likeness legislation, the NCAA looked to Congress to come up with a one-size-fits-all law, but it doesn't appear that will happen. So if the NCAA doesn't pass its own legislation by July 1st, there will be a messy situation where different states will have their own starting times for name, image, and likeness, and some different rules governing the process. It's scheduled to start in Missouri in August, but Kansas didn't pass legislation in its latest session. So, like I said, a mess. Although, Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith believes the NCAA will pull off some sort of last-second shot and get something done. Stay tuned for that. Whatever happens on the legislative level, this much is certain. Student-athletes will soon be allowed to make money off of endorsements, appearances, and camps. That wasn't possible before under NCAA amateur rules. NIL, name, image, and likeness, will become part of the recruiting pitches, and time will tell which schools are able to take full advantage of this change. A week ago, we spoke with Missouri football coach Eli Drinkwitz and basketball coach Conzo Martin, along with athletic director Jim Sturk, about this. KU basketball coach Bill Self also has weighed in. Please check out KansasCity.com for those stories and podcasts. On today's Sports Beat KC, beat writer Jesse Newell and columnist Vahe Gregorian join me in a conversation about name, image, and likeness. We discuss how college sports got here and what NIL means going forward. So let's get started talking about big changes coming to college sports. Two of my favorite people are here. Jesse Newell, Vahe Gregorian, we're here to talk some college sports, even though it's toward the end of May and uh, there, there are some college sports going on of local interest, right? Missouri softball is headed to the Super Regional. Um, Central Missouri State Baseball playing really well right now, headed to the, um, to the regionals as well. But I wanted to talk to you guys about the issue that is hanging over Division I college sports right now, and that's name, image, and likeness. We, we don't know where it's going to end up, but it's heading in a direction, at least right now, that strikes me as being uh, potentially pretty uneven, un, uh, unevenly spread throughout the Division I and especially the Power Five. Um, we know that uh, NIL legislation has passed in uh, five states that it's supposed to begin on July 1st. Missouri has also passed it. It's going to start in Missouri on, I think it's August 28th, so in time for the fall semester. And in Kansas, it went to the legislature, it did not pass, um, or maybe it got held up, I should say, in, in Kansas. So that's where, when, when I talk about the unevenness of name, image, and likeness, that's where it is. Some states are gonna start it up, others are not. Um, it's like the um, colleges and conferences are waiting for the NCAA to act. It has been, the national organization has been incredibly slow to act on this. So let's, let's just concentrate on states that have passed versus states that have not taken it uh, to, uh, to the legislature. Jesse, um, Kansas is a 
pretty interesting place um, for this because uh, it has a coach that has been vocal about this, you know, its state not passing this as of yet. Yeah, Bill Self, uh, Sam Mellinger had a great piece talking to him about this and sort of how it could very much impact KU's recruiting in this because this is going to be the very first conversation any recruit has when they're talking to a coach. Hey, uh, especially when it comes to like men's basketball, can I make some money off of my name image likeness? And if I can't, there's obviously lots of opportunities out there for that athlete to go elsewhere and make themselves a whole lot more money than what they potentially would make at Kansas if, Kansas if that bill isn't passed. And I encourage people to go read Sam's story. It gives a little bit more of the background as, as to why this did not pass in Kansas, even though overwhelmingly it seems like a popular bill because other states have passed it, but it ended up getting tied in with a, a bill that was going to limit the, the, um, the, the ability for transgender athletes to compete at the high school level. And because of that, it sort of hit the skids in the state of Kansas because um, those two bills are sort of going at different sorts of things. So I know Bill Self was frustrated with that. And, um, you know, full disclosure, I, I know there's probably people out there listening to this podcast saying, oh, Bill Self talking about recruiting advantages that he's not going to have. You know, I, I'm not going to have too much sympathy for him, especially based off of some of the things that have happened with Kansas and potentially their NCAA ruling that is still going to be out there coming up over the next few months. But I think the reality of the situation is if you are trying to keep this as a, quote, even playing field, at least when it comes to college athletes being able to make money off of their name image likeness having it so that some states can and some states can't that obviously has big ramifications for a school like kansas where athletes would do pretty well i'm telling you if they went down to uh you know the uh, local crown toyota dealership even if you are a bench warmer on the kansas team i'm sure you could make quite a few dollars off of your autograph and bring some people in to sell cars so kansas really could profit off this pretty well uh, when it comes to recruiting but not if it's not allowed and at this moment it's not allowed and before we get to Missouri, uh, keep in mind, too, this would impact Kansas State and Wichita State as well. And, you know, you're right about Kansas. I, I was speaking to Blake Lawrence, the, the former Nebraska linebacker uh, who went to Shawnee Mission West, who has uh, co-founded a company that helps guide athletes through name, image, and likeness and determining their worth. And his example, when, he, when I was speaking to him last week was, yeah, you can have a billboard on K-10 coming in or out of Lawrence with a, you know, with a Kansas basketball's face on it. it. It wouldn't have to be the Big 12 championship trophy or the 14 in a row sort of thing that you see on billboards. You could actually have the face of a player. Now, it couldn't have his Kansas jersey on there. That's, uh, uh, that's going to be part of the uh, – you can't promote your school that way, but you can promote yourself. And, uh, and I think about a school like Wichita State where it's the only school in a – city of a metropolitan area where I imagine its athletes would, uh, would, would command a pretty decent dollar with, um, you know, for, for their name, image, and likeness. Um, so by over Missouri, uh, as, as we spoke to Missouri coaches last week about this, especially Eli Drinkwitz, the football coach, he's pretty stoked about this. They are pretty stoked. And Blair, I think you pointed this out. I, it, this is, pretty prominent in the SEC footprint. And as Eli Drinkwitz was reminding us that Missouri, much like Alabama, has two NFL head coaches on its staff, um, also pointing out that, you know, much like Alabama, I suppose they'll have this sort of thing going. Um, a quick side point, you just got me thinking about this as you were describing the, the billboards in Kansas. 
I wonder if this would be an opportunity for Missouri. You named the star athlete to flaunt the difference in the states by a, a billboard somewhere between Topeka and Lawrence uh, touting, go over to Missouri to, to get your name, image, and likeness uh, truly appreciated. Um, who knows what kind of uh, tomfoolery is ahead, but they are excited about it. And to the point where they're able to talk about it in a different way, I think to a little different depth and degree because they're getting ready for it. Um, and, con you know, Blair, the, the term you started off this segment with was about unevenness. And this is a ways down the road to having to think about these things. And something I think Bill Self probably will be a, a problem he'll be happy to have soon. But, you know, Conzo Martin brought up, you know, his concerns about what a locker room will be like when you've got, you know, I think he used the example Mercedes-Benz wanting to come after Michael Porter Jr. And um, not everybody's going to get that deal. And I'm obviously kind of exaggerating, I think, the point. But I do think there's, there's going to be locker rooms to manage with these kinds of questions as they're, as they're being asked in a new way, um, not, to, not to mention from team to team within a school. So there's a lot to think about here. I do feel like, and I'm persuaded a little bit by uh, the excellent column that both you guys have referred to that Sam did, Sam Mellinger did, that, um, you know, there could be some uniformity coming, whether it's in broader legislation or, or NCAA stuff that's in the pipeline here. I feel like sports world is better off with a little bit of uniformity. And I, and I hope that's where we're headed. I just think it, it's too many apples and oranges when, when things of these extremes are, are not equitable. For, for sure. And this week, Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith, our buddy, used to be at Iowa State. And um, Gene Smith came out and said he actually expects the NCAA to, um, uh, to, to have some emergency, uh, emergency legislation on this from the national office the understanding that you cannot have some states have this recruiting advantage while others don't. The five states, by the way, that are set to begin uh, name, image, and likeness in, in, on, the, on the law, uh, on the books, in, uh, are uh, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, and New Mexico, four of those five in the SEC footprint. Missouri is supposed to come on board later. And I think it's, I think it's eight, Missouri is one of eight, eight or nine states that will have it before the school school year begins. You, you both have referred to Sam's column, Mellinger's column. We're going to link to that in the show notes for sure. And the um, uh, one of the other points that we heard from Missouri last week, Vahe, was Jim Sturk mentioned that, look, they're, they're creating an opportunity, not just for their basketball and football players, but for all their athletes, 250 of them. So, you know, I think of the Missouri softball team that's, you know, charging through the NCAAs right now. This is an opportunity. They're going to get to find out how much their image is worth. And, you know, the baseball team, the, the, the soccer team, and that's true at, at Kansas, eventually KUK state, all the, all the other schools. Um, but yeah, I think Connor Basilak, the Missouri quarterback, if he gets off to a, a great start, all of a sudden might find himself with some offers that, you know, the person who's snapping the ball to Connor Basilak won't have. And, you know, the same certainly would be true in basketball with uh, KU basketball that, um, 
you know, if, if Jalen Wilson comes back this year, he's going to have some, you can imagine him having some opportunities that, that other players won't have. I kind of, you're right, Vahe, when, when Conzo Martin said what he did, I hadn't thought about that, that, you know, that it could have an impact on some locker room uh, harmony, but I guess it's one hurdle at a time, isn't it? Just uh, let, let's, let's get it passed and, and see where it goes from here. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And, it, but it really is interesting to try to get your arms, your mind around the, the fuller ramifications of this. And I, I can only kind of see what's on the you know, near horizon here. But how this will be worked out in the, in the details of it as it goes forward. And frankly, I don't mean to be cynical, but ways that people will look to exploit it um, that, you know, may just make this another uh, Pandora's box of sorts. I, I, I think that's that's got to be a concern. I don't, I don't know exactly know what form that would take. I don't think I understand enough of how it will be administered just yet to be able to know what's outside the lines. But um but I think there will be lines and I think people will try to cross them. Can I say this real quickly about this? Um, I, I appreciate Conzo being forward with what he thinks and what he wonders about and all the questions that a lot of us have. But I think what we're seeing lately is college sports is getting called out for what it really is. It's professional sports in college clothing. You know what I mean? And so when we talk a little bit about how are certain guys that have endorsements going to deal with other guys in the, in the locker room that don't have the same things. Well, how does a ma major league baseball clubhouse work? You know what I mean? Um, that same sort of thing happens or how does it work? And again, I'm just using the Kansas example because that's, you know, I, there was a, a blog I saw here not too recently that said Bill Self had one of the best five watches of, of, of all college basketball coaches. He was wearing a Rolex on the sidelines. You know what I mean? How does that dynamic work when these kids are getting room and scholarship and board and the, you know, the stipend payment and their coach is known as one of the best watch wearers on the sideline while wearing a, a Rolex that is worth more than maybe all their scholarships combined. So I don't know, for me, I, I guess I come at this from a little bit different perspective and hoping that these players get some of what is, has been and should have been coming to them for a long time. And while these things might be kind of from a coach perspective, Hey, how is this going to work out? How are these guys going to along? And obviously team chemistry is, is a part where Conzo is going to have to navigate that. But uh, part of me and the, the cynical part of me is just sort of like, how do pro sports teams do this? How do college athletes do it when their coaches are making millions of dollars? Everybody's going to be able to figure it out, I think, in the grand scheme of things. So it, it might be a change of dynamic. But like I said, I think what's getting laid out here more now than ever is that this always has been a professional league that has been kind of paraded as amateurism. And so the closer we're getting to sort of letting these athletes make what they're worth and give the money that is, is due to them and, and having the NCAA in the future, they're going to have to be competitive with these other, you know, I've seen the stories about the overtime elites, these other leagues, these other programs that are starting to steal these kids before they even come to college. That's what the NCAA is up against. I mean, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, RJ Hampton goes overseas instead of plays in college. So they've got to get their stuff together here because what's at stake is not, Hey, these kids made a little bit more money than they used to. What's at stake is the best kids don't go play college basketball anymore. They find other options. And so that's kind of where this paradigm shift has to change because uh, if the NCAA doesn't become competitive they're going to lose out on the top kids all of a sudden you don't have sports that are uh what viewers want to watch and, and that's the big thing that needs to be addressed here i think that's that's the best point i've heard all day in any discussion about anything i seriously it it, it you're you're filtering out all the all the stuff around this and getting down to brass tacks jesse which is 
it's just by any other name at this point, but without the benefits, right? And, and so it's sort of been pseudo-professional for, for quite a while. Um, I don't want to speak for Blair, but I will suggest that we're of the same age. And there's, there's a part of me anyway, as an old school guy that will lament the continued conversion towards, you know, the merger of pro and college athletics, right? I mean, it's just, it's going to get to be more and more shapeless. The lines will be, I think, less and less evident. Um, I tend to sometimes think about what's lost in that, but I think you're making a good point about also what's gained. And, and there, there's a lot of really important stuff here to think about. Um, a couple of points. Uh, I, yes, Vahe, we are, we, we, we are closer in age uh, between you and I than, than, uh, than Jesse is to either. Just, of just call me whippersnapper. It's okay, guys, just go ahead. <laughs> sorry, sorry yeah. young buck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But, but I started to think about this in a different way. I'm, I was Mr. Amateurism and I, I, you know, I, loved, uh, uh, I loved the distinction between the pros and the, and the amateurs. I remember it started to hit home for me when I was covering Kansas basketball in the 1990s and they had a star power team with players like Paul Pierce and Rafe LaFriends. And I would go uh, into the bookstore or some sort of local gift shop and their jerseys would be for sale there. Not with their names on the back, but their numbers, right? The Kansas jersey with their numbers on it. And realizing that they're flying off the shelves. Kids couldn't get enough of them. And Paul Pierce and the Rafe of Friends didn't get a dime for any of that. And I just I thought, this isn't right. I mean, I, I guess I can, I, I can be against um, you know, outright handing cash over to them but they should be able to, to, to benefit from their image, right? Their likeness. And so that was, you know, we're talking more than about, about 25 years ago for me. And I, I like to think that if colleges had started moving slowly in that direction over the last generation or so, we wouldn't be at this moment of what's going to be major, major change in college sports. The, the, the fundamental business of college sports. And who knows what that's going to mean for the NCAA. And, um, and, and Jesse, you make a good point about the, the alternative, the options that are going to be available for the, for the greatest amateur basketball players. And um, I, I, um, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it, I, so I guess, I, guess I, I know where you two stand on this. You're, you're okay with the direction that college sports is heading with name, image, and likeness. Am I right? Start with you, Jesse. Well, I, I think where I'm at is the exploitation is over of these kids, you know, um, and I agree with you, Blair. I think everybody would love to just have that image of what it used to be the pie in the sky. Hey, kids are coming to school for the right reasons. It's for the scholarship. It's for the kids out in the stands. But again, the reality of this for a long, long time is that these were professionals. Like you said, they were selling jerseys, but they didn't have their names on them, you know, and they weren't making money off of them. So there was an exploitative nature to this. And for so long, the power structure that we've been talking about is who had the power in college basketball? Well, the NCAA 
president did and the coaches did and they were the ones that made the money and the administrators did you know how many people in the administration are, are making 200 300 400 000 salaries uh while these kids are, are not making any money so you saw this and bill self had a similar quote to this to our gary bedore recently as well when it came to the one-time transfer rule which again is another step towards giving players rights that they didn't have before same sort of power structure i mean the kids couldn't move around because they didn't have the power and nobody stood up for them nobody fought for their rights but bill self says something to that extent makes like the cat's out of the bag now i mean this thing isn't going back it's we, we can all dream and, and love what happened in the 80s and 90s and the product that was out there and kind of the thoughts we have in our head about what amateurism sports is but it never really was that as we know from some of these stories and how some kids got to campus anyway and, and now with the one-time transfer rule that's not going back to what it was before so um i, I don't again right wrong indifferent I, I think what it is is just a step towards giving players more access, more rights. And it's been a long time coming. You know, we all know about um, the lawsuits that have been out there with the video games, all those sorts of things, and kind of a step at a time coming to this moment. But uh, like I said, I think this is a critical moment, even bigger picture for college athletics, because right now they've got competition. They've got competition for the services of these people. And these other places, they're saying, we'll pay you. We'll give you money. Well, you are going to be compensated here, whereas this system is not going to compensate you. So the NCAA has kind of a lot of different things coming at them at once. But I agree with you, Blair. Now the sort of radical change is coming about because all of the other change was very slow to come about in recent years. So it just seems sort of radical to us in the moment. But a lot of stuff is changing kind of right under their feet. And I, I just chime in, Blair, you know, between what Jesse just alluded to and even some of, for instance, the activism we've seen over the last year or so, you, you see really the, the percolating of the athlete empowerment, however you want to look at it. And I think I've kind of come a long way from, you know, dinosaur days of feeling like there's some kind of clear divide. I, I think I've learned enough over the years to, to be able to wing this term out there. There's something known as the fallacy of the golden past where we, we think all these things were so much better and simpler. And you can look back, we've all done our NCAA uh, research, uh, sports history research. We know that 100, 110 years ago that there was a lot of corruption in college sports. Um, you, name, you name it, it was happening. And it's really kind of persisted. Um, but all the time, the, the consistent thing has been that one way or another, the athlete really wasn't getting what the athlete might have in terms of um, well, remuneration is the right word, but market but value, market value. Right. And it's funny. I didn't think of it the same way at the same time you did, Blair. But at some point when it, it, the very thing you mentioned was what started striking me and maybe as usual, like 10 years after you. Like, but in the late '90s, early early aughts, there was something something going on there where one thing seemed clear. Like, I ought to control my image, right? I ought to control if somebody's making something off of me specifically. Well, shoot, what, what, why don't I get a part of that? And what what why are you going to tell me that that uh, you know that I'm under some other umbrella, amateurism umbrella, that means that, that I, I don't deserve that, even though it's me. I mean, there's just a lot, a lot there that's kind of. Well, that other, uh, that other students could cash in, right? The, the, the music, you know, the, the talented music student or the, or the, or the, or the, you know, the, the, the drama student could cash in on their likeness. The other thing that, the other thing that influenced my thinking on this was coaches' salaries and how, you know, 
the money that colleges, conferences were, were earning from major TV deals and uh, that money getting passed down to schools, then to coaches. Coaches make all of a sudden making three, four, five, six million dollars a year. Athletes getting none of that. That also had a, you know, is this right? This, this is absolutely not right. But even the coaches believe that as well. The coaches said, we, we need to change the system. So um, here we are. There's a lot, a lot to sort through still, but it's going to happen quickly. Um, July 1st is uh, uh, the NCAA, uh, uh, I think it's the board that's going to meet late June. That's sort of the last time for the NCAA to act on this. So if it doesn't happen on an NCAA level by late June, it's not going to happen. And, and we know that Congress, even though, you know, Senator Moran of, of, of Kansas and Congressman Cleaver of, of, of Kansas City, Missouri, have introduced bills. There, you know, there's so many different bills out there that need to be consolidated. And, uh, they're, and they're just not. The time is running out on having something getting done on this issue. So, um, guys, great conversation. Jesse Newell, Vahe Gregorian, thanks for stopping by and talking college sports. Thanks, Blair. That will do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Vahe Gregorian and Jesse Newell for stopping by and talking college sports. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus many more stories that appear only on the website, and certainly they appear first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. How do you get it? You go to KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. That's KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of those offers, you just send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday with another episode.